I'm Wes Moss. The prevailing thought in America is that you'll never have enough money and it's almost impossible to retire early. Actually, I think the opposite is true. For more than 20 years, I've been researching, studying, and advising American families, including those who started late, on how to retire sooner and happier. So my mission with the Retire Sooner podcast is to help a million people retire earlier while enjoying the adventure along the way. I'd love for you to be one of them. Let's get started. If I had to categorize 2022, I would call this a typical bad year. Typically difficult year for investors. It's never supposed to be easy. I saw a fascinating chart the other day that showed the year of 2022 so far and the year of 2017 and compared the two. And if you'll ever remember looking at a stock chart, you can do something called a candle stock chart that in any given day has almost a candlestick of the total movement throughout the day. And at the top was at the peak of that day and the bottom was the bottom of that given day. And so far in 2022, we've seen 95% of days, 90, almost every single stock market trading day has moved 1% or more throughout the day. So you've had this just massive up and down over and over and over again. And that beats, beats people down in their psyche. Some days look like they're going to be bad and they end up good. And some days are look like they're going to be great and we end up lower. It's tough. It's a tough year. Looking and comparing that to 2017, it looked like the candlestick thing was just broken. There was no almost no space between the candlesticks in any given day because we had almost no volatility. And it was this just placid ride of 2017. And it was an unusually, unusually easy year for investors. Now, guess what? We paid for it. Yeah. Then 2020 came around and we had a massive stock market crater and ultra volatility because we had a pandemic and we've had a great stock market recovery up until 2022, entering really the third year of COVID. And we've had massive volatility and it's made investing tough because when times get tough, and markets get volatile, it's very easy for investors to hop out of the market and just say, look, it's just too much trouble and too difficult. And here we are again in 2022. Another thing that makes it a typically tough year is that we're teetering on recession or not recession. We know that the first quarter was negative, but we also don't know if we were actually in a recession or not. Now, I contend that it doesn't matter because it's already in the past and we're all about, look, we need to be looking forward over the next six months and year and three years and five years. But 2022 is also the potato, potato recession year. I say it's a recession. Well, you say, no, it's not. You say it's a recession. I say, well, no, it's not. James Bullard recently said, Federal Reserve Governor on the Board of Governors from the St. Louis Fed, James Bullard said, recession is in the eye of the beholder. For some people, 2022 and 9% inflation hasn't been all that bad. I sat down with a retiree couple the other day who has four different income streams from pensions. They all get cost of living increases. So the higher inflation has just led to higher income for them. Their investments have been relatively strong even the past year or so. And their income far exceeds all the things they want to do in retirement. So the milk and cookie index goes up 13% and gasoline goes up 50 or 80%. It's not comfortable and they don't like it, but it's having almost no impact on their lifestyle whatsoever. But they may be an outlier. Most Americans 
and I think this is the reason consumer sentiment has been so low in 2022, most Americans are impacted in a very significant way if to fill up the tank goes from 50 bucks to 100 bucks. And that's over and over again. Every time you fill up your tank, you're starting to have to now make some real life choices to spend less money elsewhere. Hence, high inflation plus higher interest rates is called the misery index. And the higher that number goes, the higher the misery gets. The more we have to pay on loans and the more we have to pay for everything because of inflation. And the misery index has gone through the roof this year. Now that we're at 9% inflation and interest rates have gone from zero to two and 3%, depending on what part of the treasury yield curve you look for. Well, what's the answer to all of this? And again, another fascinating commentary very recently as we went through earnings season, the CEO of Yum Brands. Yum is an interesting company. It owns KFC and Taco Bell and Pizza Hut. And it's not just in the United States, but it's global in a lot of ways. And the CEO of Yum Brands in a recent conference call said that this is the most confusing, confounding economy that he has ever seen. And the reason for this is that we're in a period of great unrest. Several economic indicators have stayed strong. We, in 2022, has still been a very strong job market. We've seen job openings stay very robust, way more jobs that are open and people asking for jobs relative to those who are looking for jobs. The travel industry is still absolutely booming. However, we have low consumer confidence. We have high inflation and we still have unrest in this country in so many ways because we have a disequilibrium when it comes to the consumer. The consumer, I think, is just confused. There was a period of time when we're locked in our houses for the better part of three months and then really over the course of a year and in some places longer than that, we spent money on goods, 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 goods. So we outspent on goods. We just spent too much. So then we can, so, but we underspent on services or experiences or travel. And that's why 2022 has been such a booming year for travel. So the pendulum of supply demand just has been whipsawed all over the place. It's really this, I've, we've talked about bungee cord like demand. It's just massively lower than massively higher, just like a bungee cord. And we're here in year three, year one bomb dropped in this economy for COVID lockdowns. Year two, the bombs fall out for a whole nother year. And here we are in year three, and it's really a sense of the dust is still settling and there's still a lot of fog of war. And that's why I think that even the CEO of a company with this much purview into the economy is saying this, these times are confusing. So how do we ride through that? And I think the answer very simply from an investment standpoint is two things. One, it's something we've talked about a lot here. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on number one, which is the army of American productivity. And number two is the magic of time. And I want to go through comparing the longer we are able to invest in stocks, the higher our probability of winning relative to cash goes up and the lower our volatility becomes and just by simply adding the magic elixir of time. So first, I think of the same CEO in hundreds or thousands of large and small companies that get up every single day that in our economy are the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Marines, the Special Forces, the Rangers, the Intelligence, the SEALs that all in their own way figure out no matter what the fog of war looks like, no matter how bad the economy is, figure out a way to sell more tacos and more slices of pizza and more chicken wings or buckets of chicken 
And they will do that because that is their job to do better and better every single day. So it's not just food or fast food or consumer staples. It's every industry is tasked to do this every single day. And not that every piece will win, not that every company will win, depending on the economic environment, but collectively, like the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, Marines, collectively, we're going to be able to win over time. And that's why if you look at a chart of S&P 500 earnings, there's been a few years when we've seen them dip, but it's a very steady mountain chart for the most part higher every single year. In general, on average, companies have been able to eke out and squeak out more profits and more earnings. And that is the number one fundamental reason why the stock market itself has been able to continue to grow and grow and grow. It's because the companies themselves that comprise that stock market have been able to continue to figure out a way to grow despite everything that gets thrown at us. Now that's number one. Number two, and this one is a little more empirical because we can go back and look at economic and market history and look at the magic of time. Now we all know that building wealth, particularly in stocks, it takes time. So much so that one of the very reasons people don't build wealth in stocks is because the unsettledness that all that time takes and the impatience that it takes to conquer time. Even though we know that markets have returned 7% or more above inflation over time, over the past 100 plus years, and that's easy to see in the rearview mirror, but Wes, it takes so much time. And during that time, it's hard to stick with it. There's always other opportunities. And then the world gets scary. And every time it gets scary, it feels like this is the scariest of all. All wonderful and normal, rational human reasons to exit stocks, exit investing, go to the, the, the safety of somewhere else. If we're meandering down this slow moving, we're on a raft meandering down a slow moving river of time, there are always wonderful and normal and rational human reasons to exit that slow moving river raft and get off. And I get it. And as much as we know that it is about time and not about timing, when it comes to winning long-term in stocks relative to something else, and in this case, we're going to look relative to short-term bonds or T-bills, it's always a healthy exercise to see just how long it takes on average over the course of market history to actually make money in stocks versus leaving that same amount of money in something steadier like T-bills. When the equity market, where we know we've made the most money over time, goes down, that pushes us to get off the raft, to go to safety, the safety of T-bills. Usually only long enough for the market to pass us by. Hey, y'all, it's Mallory Boggs, the producer for the Retire Sooner podcast. From an investment standpoint, the world is changing. We've gone from no inflation to hyperinflation, zero interest rates to much higher interest rates. All of this changes the dynamics for stocks and bonds. So the question for you, are your retirement accounts ready for it? Have you adapted your investments for these major shifts? Do you know what kind of income your 401k account is gonna pay you in retirement? If not, maybe it's time for a new perspective. The Retire Sooner team is here to help. If you're ready to talk, reach out to our team and we'll help you take a closer look at how you can generate income in retirement and protect yourself from inflation. We'd love to hear from you. Again, find us at westmoss.com. That's W-E-S-M-O-S-S dot com. So how do we increase our chances of winning as investors? Well, one of the ways 
to lower and lower and lower, continue to lower your chances of losing money in stocks is to increase the amount of time you're willing to put in. Time is perhaps the most effective elixir to volatility. So who wins the race? And we'll think of it this way. We'll go back to an old analog that I think will help. Who wins the race? Two investors, investor A, investor B, who wins the race? So investor A is the hedge fund manager. We'll call him Axe Capital. If you've seen the show Billions, quintessential hedge fund guy. Houses all over, 50,000 square foot houses with gates, and he's in the office trying to find every angle and trading every single day. Who wins, him, Axe Capital, or Rip Van Winkle, the investor? You read about a new hedge fund guy any single day, some sort of hedge fund star in the financial news, but who was, who was Rip? Now, you're probably thinking, because you know I love Yellowstone so much, I'm talking about Rip, the cowboy from the, the show Yellowstone, probably the coolest cowboy of our day. But I'm not talking about Rip from Yellowstone. I'm talking about Rip Van Winkle. If you, if you don't remember the story, Rip Van Winkle was the guy the character that Washington Irving wrote about in his, his story that was written in the early 1800s. But the story actually began before the American Revolution. And it was about a Dutch-American villager who lived in early U.S. colonial life here in America who happened to meet a Dutchman, a mysterious Dutchman, and they sat down and had a drink together. And that liquor that Rip drank put him to sleep in the Catskill Mountains for 20 years. Knocked out cold for 20 years. Not a coma. He was just asleep. Talk about well-rested. Well, when he wakes up, Rip has missed what? He's missed the, the war. He's missed the American Revolution. And the world is a whole new place. It's a free America. So Rip, in a way, was able to skip the brutalness and all the toil that went with war, only to wake up when the world had recovered and the world was a, a much better place. As you can imagine, in the game of investing, Rip Van Winkle beats the hedge fund guy. He beats Axe Capital. Time and endurance wins. So Rip, nine times out of 10, beats the hedge fund manager because he's almost guaranteed in his story the passage of time. He's not often on the life raft. He's staying consistently invested over time. Now let's look at different holding periods and how stocks fare relative to leaving money in essentially cash or T-bills. Let's go back to 1871 all the way through last year. And in any given year, so any one year period, stocks do pretty well, but not all the time. We have periods of time, one year periods where stocks fall and you would have been better off on that particular year just leave money in a t-bill getting one or two percent so during one year holding periods going back that entire approximate 150 year period the percentage of periods when stocks outperform bonds again one year holding periods 68 percent. and i'm rounding down just a little bit on all these but here's where it gets interesting and constructive the further we increase our holding periods the higher the probability we win when it comes to stocks. So we go to two years, the probability of winning in equities goes up to 72%. Three years, 73%. Five years, 75%. 10 years, 85%. And we get to 20 and 30 years, we're getting now into 
99 and 100% of the time, stocks win relative to something very, very safe, call it cash, call it T-bills. So if we want to increase our chances of winning as investors, it's really simple, add time. So how do you become, as you are on your retire sooner journey, how do you become more like RIP and less like Axe Capital One? We just have to continue to remember the importance of time. HROBs, Happiest Retirees on the Block, are tomorrow investors. They remember the American Army of Productivity. Despite wars and inflation and floods, tomorrow, at least in America, should eventually get better. It might help to take a nap and wake up a year later or two years later, but eventually, here in America, life should be getting better. Number two, HROBs have a plan, meaning that they have some sort of plan that shows how much they'll need in assets to generate the income they'll need to spend in retirement once they stop working forever. That plan only comes to life if you understand your expected rate of return. If you only need 2 or 3% a year to make a retirement plan work, then the investment part of the plan doesn't need to be very complicated. It could be very simple. It could be something like the safety of government bonds, de minimis risk. But if you're like the vast, vast, vast majority of Americans and really want to protect your purchasing power or keep your spending up with inflation, then you'll likely need 5 or 6 or 7% or more per, on average, rate of return to make any sort of retirement plan work for what you'll need to spend adjusted for inflation over time. In the vast majority of cases, bonds or T-bills just can't do that. Yes, there's other ways to do this beside dividend or income investing. We could own real estate, private investments. There's lots of ways to approach this. But it's stocks and the stock market, S&P 500, and particularly dividend growers over time that have really been able to deliver returns like most people need. And then number three, we've got to get comfortable with those investments. So again, our preferred methodology is investing for dividends, but it could be something different for you and your spouse and your family. But I would be remiss not to remind all of us about the power of growing dividends. And if we just look at the S&P 500 over the last 40, a little over 40 years, 1980 until midway through 2022, we'll learn that if we invested $10,000 in 1980, the dividend on the S&P 500 was about 5.2%. So we got about 529 bucks per year from a $10,000 investment in the S&P 500. The important part of this longer term story is as of midway through 2022, that same $10,000 investment or original investment was now paying over $5,800 a year. Of course, the $10,000 wasn't still $10,000, had grown significantly over time. If you've spent or took all of your dividends and never reinvested anything, the S&P 500 starting at $10,000 for you in 1980 would, as of mid-year in 2022, be a little over $350,000 with a dividend of $5,842 a year. That's a pretty staggering number in a lot of ways. $10,000 to $350,000, $529 in dividends to $5,800 in dividends. Staggering in a lot of ways. Perhaps the most staggering way to look at it is that your original ten grand now is a 58% yield on the original investment or yield at original cost. Tough to find something that powerful, but also not so easy watching the 
grains of sand over time accumulate like it's so important to do. That's why we all need a little history boost to remember the power of all of those grains of sand accumulating to build significant wealth over time. Hey, y'all, this is Mallory with the Retire Sooner team. Please be sure to rate and subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. If you have any questions, you can find us at westmoss.com. That's W-E-S-M-O-S-S.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and YouTube. You'll find us under the handle Retire Sooner Podcast. And now for our show's disclosure. This podcast is provided to you as a resource for informational purposes only and is not to be viewed as investment advice or recommendations. This information is being presented without consideration of the investment objectives, risk tolerance, or financial circumstances of any specific investor and might not be suitable for all investors. It is not intended to and should not form a primary basis for any investment decision that you may make. Always consult your own legal, tax, or investment advisor before making any investment or financial planning considerations. Please refer to the full disclosure in the podcast description for any additional information.